Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Kane and Chain back with you again. Post national championship game. And anytime we're after the national championship game, there's one thing that we have to talk about. That's obviously the rookie drafts that are going to be happening because there's nothing else that happens between there that I care about, right, Chain? No, you 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 do not care about anything else uh, other than that. So yeah, NFL draft, meh. What happened? Eh, well, it you know, doesn't matter. Rookie draft, that's the biggie. Get it down uh, now. You know, if you need NFL draft content, you can like go to Draft Countdown and check that out. Yeah, it's, it's um, an okay site. But we have someone else that's joining us today to talk rookies uh, because we've done three mock drafts in the Devi Marketplace Discord, which. To remind you, is absolutely free. If you want to participate in the rookie mocks or even want the results of the rookie mocks, just go into the Debbie Marketplace Discord completely free. It'll be wherever you're listening to the podcast. Look at the description. The link will be in there. So make sure you check that out. But we have one of our good friends, Matt Hicks, joining us, who was actually in the first mock draft that we did. Um, and now that we have three, we have some ADP. We're going to run through it. Um, but Matt, first thoughts about this national championship game. My first thoughts, gentlemen, only 277 more days till we get college football, and I cannot wait. That's what I'm looking forward to. Listen, it's all about the SEC. We already knew that, but it was a good game. I'm glad. It's Last year was not a good national championship game. We got a good game. I'm excited about it. I'm excited for Stetson Bennett and his future career, you know, in the world of accounting, I assume. But, you know, he's got a good national championship to go with that. For sure. Shane, your first thoughts about the national championship game? Uh, I thought it was fun. I, I, I like. I've seen defensive battles not be good defense, but bad offense. Um, LSU, Alabama, uh, that national championship. I didn't think this was that. I thought this was actually like good defense being played against good offense being played. Um, so I really enjoyed it. And then the you know, second half, things exploded a bit. So it was nice. If it wasn't for Jameson Williams getting hurt, I think uh, I think I would have enjoyed the game a hundred percent. Or or was it more good defense versus um, a good quarterback with no weapons? Uh, I, I don't think that was the case either. You know, but th- there's weapons. Slade Bolden, he was there. Jamal Billingsley you, you made Renfro? every mistake possible and then transferred. You mean Hunter Renfro? Hunter Renfro, top 10 NFL receivers. So that's a good comp. Get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I think this was a fun national championship, or sorry, SEC championship. National SEC national championship game. There you go. Same thing. Yeah. Um, It's repetitive at this point. Yeah. But, you know, even if we expand, we're still going to have more SEC teams in there. But I I think this was a really fun game. Um, because we got to see first half all or three quarters all defense 
And then fourth quarter, it's like, let's score all the points that we should have scored all three quarters and make it look like this was like a high scoring ruckus affair. <laughs> um, so I, I enjoyed it. It's such a great game. Um, but, you know, let's just dive into rookies. And before we dive into like individual rookies, I'm just curious. Let's start just strategy wise, because I think that's almost more important than the individual players. How are you guys attacking this rookie draft? Uh, because obviously there's indecision at the quarterback position because we don't have the NFL draft yet and we don't have any top tier quarterbacks like we saw, you know, these past few years, right? We have no real top, top tier running back that we're like, oh, this guy could be drafted in the first round, right? Like we don't have that in this draft. And then we have what seems to be an incredibly large collection of wide receivers and every one of them can do something different. It seems like so, Matt. We'll just start with you. How are you attacking just strategy wise this rookie draft, and kind of what might these rankings kind of look look like for you? Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. Always at this point, right? I think everybody wants to in January feel like they fully conceptualize the class, and I think at this point in time, what I really try to do is just get an understanding of who's talented and who's not, right? And kind of let the things play out here over the next couple months. I can tell you I am somebody who pushes quarterbacks up in super flex formats. And so for me right now at this moment, Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral are at the actual top of my board, then Isaiah Spiller, and then we start to get into the wide receivers. So, But it, if you talk to 10 analysts right now, you're going to get a different combination of who's at the top. I know a lot of people I've talked to want to push up the running backs to the top because there's so much depth at the wide receiver position. I think what's important right now and what my biggest priority is for rookie drafts, I've been trying to tell everybody, this is going to be another year of value in the second round. So if you still have the ability, go out and get your second round picks because there are going to be good wide receivers, solid running backs available in the second round that are going to contribute to your fantasy football rosters, right? And so that's my strategy right now. Shane, how about you? How are you attacking these rookie drafts? Uh, I think it's similar. One thing I, I have said on this podcast numerous times, but I'll keep beating until my face is blue, right? This is the deepest draft in NFL history, um, about triple the number of players because of everyone being able to stay in school. We've seen most of the guys that could declare early that were like high end top 100 picks declare early as well. So we're going to have 1500 players. I, I've I'm mapping out. Our, there's 120 receivers already in the class. There's probably some more. Like, you know, those some of those guys are never going to stiff an NFL roster. So I, I'm with Matt. I think if you're at a point where you don't need a quarterback, none of these quarterbacks are super fancy to you and it's not going to kill you to not have a QB, um, move down. You know, I think even the third round is going to provide some value. Even if the draft capital wasn't there for those guys, um, you know, the sixth, seventh round of this NFL draft is better than the fourth round of last year's NFL draft. And I think that mm -hmm. can be a key mm -hmm. thing to keep in mind. Yeah, I think going on that point too, Shane, is that if we have, if we're if we're like holding on to a wide receiver that was drafted in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, even the fourth round last year, that just hasn't seen the field at all, I'm more than likely trying to get anything I can for that player. Because there are so many wide receivers in this draft that even the UDFAs are going to be just as talented as the fourth or fifth round that we saw last year, right? We saw Des Fitzpatrick get drafted in the fourth round, get cut, get picked back up again, catch a few passes. I still don't want him on my team, 
I'll trade. Like, I'll trade him for the last round pick of my rookie draft. Whoever, whatever. Like I'll. I'm fine getting a fourth round rookie pick. Seventh right? round I, rookie pick. I'll take it. I'm just trying to get something, yeah. right? Because these, especially when we're dealing with players that are relatively, without a lack of a better word, right, roster churners, right? That we're just churning the bottom of our roster, trying to get guys that might have a chance to compete. I want guys that in this draft because they're more talented than than some of the guys in, in the later rounds. But overall, my strategy, I have kind of a top tier of about seven or eight in this in this draft, and that can be. It, for me, it's the four quarterbacks, two to three running backs, one to two wide receivers. That's about where that is at for me. Um, I, I'm i not having a chance where any of these quarterbacks, if I have a top six pick, no quarterback is falling past me. Right? I'm. They might if the five other people don't take them, but I will draft a quarterback at that spot uh, because I think – any quarterback you draft, regardless of if they're a quarterback two, um, for your for your super flex teams, the the value increase from when they're drafted to them starting their first game, you don't even have to start them, right? But the value increase between those two moments is exponential. It's absolutely wild. And does it make sense? No. But not everything in our fantasy leagues makes sense. We just have to accept what we're given. And we're given this crazy value increase. So take them. Trade. you Because I feel like if if I took, you know, Sam Howell at, let's say, sixth or seventh pick, right? And I he let's say he's named the starter for some team. Really doesn't matter which team it is, right? Um, let's say he's named the starter. I can go out and trade him for, like, Drake London plus like Drake London plus plus, Chris Olave plus plus, right? Even if I think these wide receivers are very talented, I could literally move back five picks in the rookie draft and get a lot added onto that. So that's what I'm going to do and making sure that I'm utilizing the values properly to end up with the players I still really, really like. So that's kind of my strategy right now. And, and I'll say real quick, you know, keep in mind the last five years, the uh, lowest ADP rookie quarterback that's been taken in the top 15 in the NFL draft has hit, right? I mean, Mac Jones, Justin Herbert, Daniel Jones, um, Josh Allen, Mitch Trubisky, and Carson Wentz. So, I mean, it's a pretty good group for fantasy. And, like, even some of those names aren't super exciting, but guess what? They were valuable to you in a super flex league, so yep. you need to take them. Mr. Trubisky won me some games, let me tell you. So I'm, I'm dead. For sure. It and people push up their values, right? Like, look at Mac Jones this year. There was a point in time in midseason because he was a rookie and he was, quote, overperforming expectations where people were hyping up Mac Jones as, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in this year's class. He finished his quarterback 18. Very solid quarterback, too. And that's probably where he's going to stay in an offense that's not, you know, fantasy friendly, right? But, like, you could have flipped Mac Jones for a one plus and he's really sitting there with second round value. So uh, to, to speak to your point, Kane, people love rookies. And when a rookie quarterback does even good, right? Like Mac Jones's numbers aren't crazy. He's got, I think what, like 28 touchdowns and uh, what was it? 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. I mean, 3,800 good season, right? But you can flip rookie quarterbacks easily. Right. I think we were almost getting to the point where like, you could have flipped Mac Jones for one of the top three quarterbacks in the same rookie class, right? 
you had to tell me that people were very close to thinking that Mac Jones was better than Trevor Lawrence. I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that, that would panic uh, and, and in a vacuum would have made that trade. I, I'm sure that you could find a couple examples. 100%. So, like, that's why these quarterbacks matter a ton. And does it make sense? Not always. But sometimes you just have to you just have to use that value against people, right? And making sure that you're just gaining the most value for your team. Because guess what? None of the three of us are starting any fantasy football lineups until September. I don't care what my team looks like. I'm only worried about trying to increase in value from now until the beginning of the season. Because then I can trade those pieces if I end up needing a running back too. I can trade for that running back too because I've accrued value the whole time. So take that take that as you want, but that's kind of my current strategy. So I'm going to give the current first round here of, of our ADP because we're going to go on to kind of maybe some guys that maybe have gone a little bit higher in our ADP, maybe a little bit lower. So I'm just going to give our first round here. Um, so at pick one, Matt Corral, 102, Brees Hall, 103. Well, actually tied for 102 is Brees Hall and Kenny Pickett. So at the 104 is Traylon Burks. Tied with Traylon Burks is Isaiah Spiller. So a lot of ties here. Um, so we have Matt Corral at 102, Brees Hall, Kenny Pickett at 104, Traylon Burks, Isaiah Spiller um, at 10, what is that? 106, Six. Garrett Wilson and Sam Howell at 108, Malik Willis at 109, Kenneth Walker at 110, Drake London at 111, Chris Olave and at 112, the sadly injured Jamison Williams. So we'll start with you, Shane. Who who do you think let, – let's start with who do you think is probably at their correct value for you? Kind of who do you – who do you, when you see this list, you're like, oh, that makes a ton of sense. What are some players? Um, I, th- I think it's not bad, right? Everyone's kind of close. Um, and I think this is where we'll see a lot of those players. I, I think uh, – I'm a little kind of surprised. Can he pick a tie for that one or two? But I think that's very fair. Like, I think that's one of those situations where it's appropriate value. There's, I would say, the, he has the best chance to be the first quarterback off the board in the NFL draft. And if that happens, the one of the two is, I, I'm, ta- I'm taking whoever that is, right? So I think that's appropriate and kind of a little surprising because I think some people would probably pass on him uh, because of the profile. So he, he was one that stood out to me like, oh, good, you know, good job by our Discord and drafting. Matt, who kind of jumps out to you as, um, someone that seems to be maybe a little bit higher than you would have initially expected from this. First oh round. man, you set me up for this. I'm, I'm not drafting Brees Hall at 102. I'm sorry. I know folks are. Uh, Brees Hall, I think, is good at a lot of things. Um, I think he is a, a well-rounded back. I don't think he's going to pay off at 102 ADP. I, I really don't. So. Uh, I think Brees Hall is a little bit more valuable at 105. Um, and so I would flip him and Spiller. I'm higher on Spiller. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't do Brees Hall at 102. He's probably the most overvalued that I'm seeing from this first round ADP. And I'm on record saying that Brees Hall is David Montgomery. It feels lazy. It does, but it's not. You know what I mean? It, it's not. It, it's, it's similar. And it's hard not to see that when you're watching them play football. Teams recruit similar style players. Don't don't back down from the same team recruit if it's the same coach. So well, I think it's especially apt. when every knock that we had on David Montgomery, right, 
is indecisive behind the line of scrimmage, not incredibly explosive. It takes a little bit longer for him to get to the edge mm-hmm. to finally use that burst. Like all of those are the exact same with Brees Hall. Right. right. And there's a place for that in the NFL, right? Oh, I just think we need to recognize what it is. It's a running back two in fantasy football, which is fine. But do you do you want to use your 102 on a running back two on the somebody who's gonna live in the 18 to 24 range? Probably not, right? Like I'm I'm totally like if you told me that Brees Hall got the exact same workload as David Montgomery, sign me like that's great. That's a great player, but you have to realize that that's not actually running back one upside. Right. That's that's high end running back two upside, which still very valuable for your team, but a quarterback two is more valuable for your team than a running back two. Agreed. When it comes to super flex, it just is. Absolutely. Um, I. If I had to say one player that I think might be a little lower than they should be, um, I think Malik Willis should be higher, right? And obviously this is before we know landing spot, before we know if he's going to be a first-round pick. But I'm under the assumption that he is a first-round pick. And as soon as he's a first-round pick, he's probably going to be running back, or excuse me, well, kind of running back, um, quarterback or running back two off the board. I think that athleticism is going to push him so far up. And whether that's correct or not, that that's a different story. But I think he's lower than he will be come draft day. I I think there's a chance Malik Willis is the 101 when we get to rookie drafts. Right? If he if he gets the top 20 draft capital to a spot where he can start immediately, I think and let's you know there is no quarterback picked in the top 10 if he's the third one off the board i think people will take that athletic upside for fantasy and put him at the one-on-one 100 i think he is like one of the most athletic quarterbacks that we've had come out at least I, since lamar jackson he might be even more athletic than lamar jackson like yeah. it seems pretty close i mean it's a similar level of of pure athleticism i i would say Probably the closest we've seen to Lamar in a while. And he's bigger, right? I think that's the difference, right? Like probably for, and his his like RAS, uh, his relative athletic score, I think could be number one ever for Could be a 10. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you I, have to keep in mind too is, and obviously this is part, it's not just draft capital, right? The Bravens built their their offense around Lamar Jackson when they drafted him. Is an NFL team going to do that with Malik Willis, or are they just going to hope that he can adjust, right? And we won't know that right away, but that's going to be part of what's the confidence level, right? Is he drafted to a notorious dumpster fire organization, or is he drafted to the Saints, which is like a front office that people generally have some confidence in, right? Or is he going to Miami, who just fired a good head coach? Or Miami, that would be a bad example because they have two, but I'm kind of looking at the late first round here. Yeah, I you, right, it could be. Let's hope they do something similar with that they did with Josh Allen, right? right? They might not have seen it necessarily first year with Josh Allen, but he they completely built that offense around what he does well. And look, he's incredibly successful. Shocker. And here's one of the things when you're talking about value specifically, right? When you draft a rookie quarterback, especially if you take somebody like Willis, right? A more developmental prospect. Uh, you have to be willing to hold on to them and not panic after the first year because the chances of a rookie quarterback hitting as a quarterback one 
it's just not as consistently high as a running back or even wide receiver now, right? So uh, just remember, if you're somebody who likes Malik Willis and you draft Malik Willis, just like if you did it with Zach Wilson last year, right? You're not selling now. You're not flipping now. We just saw two really high pedigree quarterbacks in Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields not hit as quarterback ones, right? So just know that if you're doing that, you're holding on for the long haul. It's a long-term investment. Right. And I I'm, I completely agree with you. But you need to quit, do a quick explain yourself, Matthew, uh, because I see that you drafted Chris Olave at six. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a quick explain yourself moment. Yeah, I mean, Chris Olave right now is sitting 105 on the rookie big board. I love Chris Olave. He's got a really high tape score for me. Uh, he's a really, really well-rounded prospect. And I know uh, everyone gets caught up on Chris Olave versus Garrett Wilson. Uh, but if you look at Olave himself, I love his handwork. It's really good. He's got a nice catch radius. I think he's got one of the best releases in the class. He speeds up really quickly off the line of scrimmage. Great body control, fluid athlete. I think he's just somebody who, especially if he can end up being the wide receiver two on an offense, he could just absolutely eat underneath and over the middle of the field. I could project him out as a high-volume guy. I think he's going to get that draft capital. I've been projected as a top 50 pick uh, in that 20 to 50 range right now, so late first round, early second round. Uh, that scores really well for me. And so the only wide receiver I have above Chris Lave right now is Traylon Burks. Now, Garrett Wilson and Drake London aren't far behind, uh, but I followed I followed the big board right there on that one. Makes sense. Um, let, let me list off this second round here, um, and then we'll do the exact same with that second round because this is kind of the spot where Matt kind of mentioned that you can get some really, really good value, especially at the wide receivers here, even some running backs that kind of – fit in a little bit so i'm going to go ahead and list off these 12 players here um i should probably get 12 in my my database here um so at the 201 is david bell at 202 george pickens 203 zach charbonnet 204 wandale robinson 205 tyler allgaier 206 kyron williams 207 carson strong 208 sky moore uh 209 Jahan dotson 210 rashad white uh, 211 Desmond Ritter and 212 Jalen Weidermeyer. So uh, we'll start with you, Shane. Um, are there any players that just don't belong to you? Uh, yes. Uh, like I have a couple, uh, but I'll, I'll start with the big one. I, I don't think Zach Charbonnet belongs in this second round. Like I, I think people are way, way overrating where he's going to go in the NFL draft. Like if he declares, I think he's a late round pick uh, in the NFL draft. Right. So like, it's not that he's not talented, but I think people are living off the hype of him as a prospect, the hype of his early season running and you go watch his late season running. And it was awful. I mean, it was bad. So I actually think he doesn't declare. He hasn't declared yet. It's generally a sign that he's not going to. Uh, but I think if he does, he's my RB 15 in this class. Like it's not even close to him being a second round pick. I, I just think it's, you know, it's hype right now. Like James Cook's better. Jerome Ford's better. Hassan Haskins is better. Uh, Brian Robinson's better. Like these are better, going to be higher draft running backs in my opinion. Sure. Uh, Matt, who do you think out of those guys I listed in the second round, who do you think will be the steal of the second round? 
Ooh, the steal of the second round. I love Kyron Williams. <laughs> I know. I'm check. I'm trying to check myself a little bit. Maybe Shane can make me feel better because I know he's got borderline size for the NFL, right? He's 5'9", 195. That, that combine weigh-in is going to be really important for Kyron Williams. But my goodness, aggressive, physical runner for his size, man. Great athleticism, clean footwork. I mean, the way he navigates around the field is just so fantastic. Uh, he pairs that up with just the ability to put his head down, scrap out yards. I think he's the best pass blocker from the running back position in the class, at least one of the, the top ones. Uh, so I hope he gets the draft capital. I have him on my board right now as the 12th player, but that is with uh, top 100 draft capital. So I'm hoping he gets that. Um, I think if he does, he could be an absolute steal of a second round pick. Um, Shane, do you have any big thoughts on Kyron Williams and that draft capital just overall? I mean, I'm a fan too. He's my RB4. Um, I, the draft capital's going to be close. I think he's going to be a borderline day two pick. Um, so I, I, I'm with you. Like a lot of these running backs, I'm with that. Like the combine's going to be big. What's he weigh in? What's he run? What's it look like? So if he looks like he can handle the load, then I think being the fourth running back off the board in the NFL draft is still a possibility. And I think watching those running back drills too, especially with yeah. watching these guys catch, I think it's going to be really, really big for NFL teams. I know we see it on film all the time, but it's different when you can watch one after the other, after the other, after, you know, just a line of running backs catching passes. I think then, then you, you can tell a little bit more. But if I had to say one person that I think doesn't belong in the second round, it's Sky Moore. Like, I have a hard time seeing day two capital. So if, if you're telling me that a non-day two guy is going in the second round of the rookie draft, well, that seems like a mistake because the chances that they hit is much lower. Um, so that doesn't seem to make sense to me. I think there are so many better wide receivers that are drafted after Sky Moore at this point, right? I would rather take Jahan Dotson. I'd rather take Jalen Tolbert. I'd rather take Mechie, not knowing that he's coming back to school. Um, I'd rather take a lot of these wide receivers. I think... I think Sky Moore is just a bit too high. And I think people just believe that he's crazy athletic, which I think he is a very talented and athletic football player. But I don't think that translates on the tape or on the football field. Um, so I think he's just a bit too high for me. Um, anyone else have final thoughts about um, these picks? We finally see a tight end come off the board at the 212 in a tight end premium draft. Does that seem right to you with this class? Are there... Or, or do you think a tight end should be higher? Do you think we get day one capital out of a tight end? I can tell you Jalen Watermeyer is 23 on my board right now. So I think, and he's tight end one. I think that's a perfect spot. I think the guy who's going to rise in ADP is Trey McBride. It sounds like kind of more and more McBride is getting potential tight end one talk, or I think tight end two drafted talk. And so I think he's going to end up with a similar ADP as Weidemeyer. I think folks just know the name Weidemeyer from Devi circles, right? He's been around a little bit longer. He's a little bit more of a safe guy. But I think McBride's going to gain a lot of momentum. And we may end up with two tight ends in the first two rounds. Um, he may push that. I like Cole Turner. I think Cole Turner will, will hang around and be a third-round guy. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think either of those guys go in round one of the NFL draft, but I, I think they'll both go day two. And I think if they get some more draft capital to Pat Fryermuth, mm -hmm. then I think I think I think this is low. I think you know then you start talking mid second round and a tight end premium. 
Um, so I, I think both Wettermeyer and McBride could move up. Yeah. Um, do any of you feel confident on where to place George Pickens right now? I think I'm like, we saw that catch was absolutely phenomenal in the national championship game. Super great catch. Um, but like, where are we putting him? Like, do we feel confident in like early second round? Should he be late for Like what feels right? Because it seems scary wherever we draft him. I got to tell you, I, I feel like I'm behind because people keep asking me for an evaluation on him. I haven't done an evaluation on him. He's not on, he's not on the big board right now. He's not on my rankings. I don't, I just don't think he's declaring. I, and I could be totally wrong. You could be listening to this podcast after he t- already has declared, but I just haven't put an evaluation. I don't feel good about him at all. I think that if he comes back for another year, he could be a top 10, top 15 pick. And I think right now, uh, I have no idea where to place him in the NFL draft. With, with this talented of a class, right? Um, I'm just not sure. Yeah, I, I think he would go day two, but like, it's tough. Like, if he can't work out, um, you know, which like, we've seen him play, but he might just be, like, you know, I don't want to run a forty and put that on, you know, put that number out there or wait for a pro day. And so he's my wide receiver ten on my NFL draft board right now. Maybe in fantasy, I'd take him over Jahan Dotson or something, but it's close. I mean, that was the only catch he had. Like, it was a great right. catch, but that's it. So, you know, like, okay, what, what are we doing here? I don't think he's shown a top 100 talent this year coming off the injury. Can I throw a name out there, too? Uh, one of the guys that went – I'm surprised by his ADP here, and I always say his last name wrong, but Algiar, the BYU running back – I got to tell you, I haven't watched his 2021 tape, but he was on my summer scouting list. I watched his 2022 tape, and I am as a UDFA grade uh, from last year. I don't know. I just don't quite see the hype with this guy. I don't. I, if he goes in second round ADP, I don't. And maybe my mind will change. People have great, you know, people improve their tape, but uh, he hasn't been on the top of my two watch list because he just really didn't impress me from last summer. Am I really I underselling it? Yes. <laughs> yeah? I think I don't know. I think out of if you take out the top three running backs, which I think are pretty much consensus at this point, right? Whatever order you choose to have them in, and Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, and uh, Kenneth Walker, Allgaier is four for me. Really? Like he's very good. He's more than likely gonna get day two capital, would be my guess, right, Shane? Yeah, uh, all jeer, I guess, is the way to say it, which I well, don't know. I will not remember. I will not remember in it. there. There's an extra I, E in there. I know. I don't remember that. And I they, see, I'm going to say that, and then it's going to be wrong. Like, down the line, people going to be like, oh, no. Um, so, that that's, I don't know. But I, I'm super high on him. Like, I, he's my RB5. I, I, I mean, that size and that athletic ability and speed, like, that is that is just NFL born and bred. He's been super productive for two years. Zach Wilson gone. He's the offense dominating. Like, I love his short area quickness. I think his contact balance is one of the best in the class. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a really big fan. So, draft capital, I think him and, like, Rashad White are similar to me. My RB5 and RB6, I think they're close. And I think both those guys are, I would say, firmly in day two. But um, we'll see how the combine goes. For sure. I'm right, gonna... no, no. What, what's that, Matt? 
No, I was just going to say that's good to know. You know, people have multiple years of tape for a reason, but I just did not love that 2020 tape, but we'll get to them. We'll, we'll, I'm, now I'm going to have to push them up the board or up I, the uh, to watch list, I should yeah, say. Yeah. I will say the biggest difference you'll see in 2020 tape versus 2021 tape is the amount of people in the box. Yeah. Right. Like there's a lot more people in the box in 2021 versus 2020 when Zach Wilson was. I wonder. Him. Yeah. What, what could be the what could be leading to that? Yeah, and <laughs> and he just he he does really well even in stacked boxes. Um, just okay. really really well. Um, both in power and in a little bit of zone too. So I I think he's a great talent. Um, here's the third round. I think this is where things really start to shift, right? I, things don't seem to be as much necessarily consensus a lot of ups and downs with where um this third round is drafted but this is what we have at this point at the 301 is brian robinson 302 jerome ford 303 james cook 304 trey mcbride 305 justin ross 306 jalen tolbert 307 romeo dubs 308 zamir white 309 bailey zappy 310 john mechie 311 isaiah likely and 312 zonovan mcknight no, Zonovan Knight, not Knight. <laughs> but that's what we got in in this third round. Um, Shane, who kind of sticks out to you as it could be whether someone's a little too high, a little too low in this list? But does anyone stick out? Um, I, I, th- I think there's kind of two guys that stand out to me a little bit too low. Uh, James Cook and Kane. You've you've definitely been popping them on this podcast, but I think. His high, I think he's going to get Deju draft capital, and that should push him up into you know round two. Um, then I, I think Jalen Tolbert is probably the big one for me. Like I was in the third mock, I got him at the three twelve, um, and was ecstatic because I considered him at the two twelve. Like I think he could get top fifty capital. I think the senior bowl, he's going to absolutely smash, be a stud, and people are going to start to come around to him. Is he the best fantasy profile or analytic profile? Probably not. Um, but in the round three, I think it's just silly. Matt, who who are maybe a name or two that sticks out for you as possibly too high or too low in this third round right here? You know, the third round is so interesting because I think it's a lot of guys who I could see really jumping up uh, depending on what we can project for them in volume uh, on the team that they land on, or guys that could just completely fall off the map, right? Like, I'm a huge Jerome Ford fan. I, I really like him. It'll be interesting to see what an NFL team wants him to do, right? That's my question mark on him. I have early day three draft capital on him right now, but he's a late day two on my, or he's a late round two on my board. So right now, like, that's a really good value. I really like Zonovan Knight, Uh when he doesn't go to McDonald's. So he's just Knight and not McKnight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like him, but like, I'm not sure how he fits on an NFL offense. Right. So it's going to be these guys where once we can put them in the context of a scheme and, and where they're going to fit, remember most running backs, right. Past the top four guys, they're likely not going to be high volume projected guys early on in their NFL careers. Right. They're going to need to have an opportunity to go to camp and beat out a spot, right? Most of these guys are going to be placed in a committee or a competition. So it'll be really interesting with the running backs in particular. But I think Khalil Shakur is another guy who might be a big riser as we get closer to the draft. I think folks uh, are going to get more exposure to Shakur. I think he is somebody that could be projected into a volume role in an NFL offense because he's got good size and he can play inside. 
Uh, I think he has some versatility to him as well, but I think he'd probably be best playing inside in the NFL. So he's somebody who I think could end up uh, really being in a good spot. Uh, so I think those are probably the guys that jump out to me the most out of the third round. Uh, Tolbert is a good value too. So that was a good uh, mention by Shane. I think the one guy for me that doesn't belong in this, which I hate to say because he had a tremendous freshman year, ends up getting hurt with a neck issue. I think Justin Ross, getting him at the 305, I think that's far too high. Like, I'm worried. Um, I I think we could be looking at like day, th- like mid to late day three, because you had the tape that we got this year was not good. Trouble separating, um, didn't have a ton of burst, didn't have a ton of speed that we saw his freshman year. So that was an issue. And then we have the injuries, right? What is that spinal fusion going to look like? What are teams? I feel like a lot of teams are going to have red flags on that. Um, and that's going to push him down draft boards. And I think it's going to be pretty scary, um, you know, where he's going to get drafted. Cause I think it's probably going to be day three and late day three at that point. If, if he gets that, drafted. Yeah. If that like it, it, yeah, it's, it's not, it could be UDFA. So that's just way too high. But um, l- before we uh, go on to our history minute, w- give me one person that you think out of, all the guys we haven't mentioned, you know, fourth, fifth round guys right now that are really going to rise up that that we really have to have on our boards. Shane, how about you? Oh, that's, that's a good one. I, I have to go. I'm not going to go with a reliable Pierre Strong, my man. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm going to do it. Um, but I'll mention it just to, so I can. Um, I'm going to go with Velas Jones Jr., uh, wide receiver out of Tennessee. So Matt's uh, territory there. I think he is going to – he didn't get drafted in the, the second or third mock. Um, excellent blocker. He has all those things that you look for. We always have some of those surprise, like, round three receivers drafted, right, that people are like, oh, well, you know, what? Josh Palmer, what, you know, another Tennessee guy was kind of that person. I, th- I think Felix Jones Jr. is going to be that guy. I think he's, he's going to go in the top 100. Uh, he has size. He's he, very productive in the bowl game late in the season. And I think he's going to be one of those values in like round three that you take and he finds a role. Maybe it's a good spot and boom, you know, you, you got to steal. Matt, what's one of those players that's really going to rise up our board that we haven't talked about tonight? Yeah, I love that pick by Shane. I'll tell you the level of athleticism you get from Valus Jones at 6200 is ridiculous. Um, all right, I'm going to give you uh, my hopeful answer, and then I'll give you a real answer. I really hope it's Jerry and Ely now that he's declared because I have him on all my Debbie and Campus to Canton rosters. Totally. Uh, I really need him to hit. Uh, so that's my hopeful one, and you all know I'm a huge Jerry and Ely fan. Um, I will say one guy I think is going to get a lot more hype in, in combine testing I think is going to be really important for Alec Pierce. But I like Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. And I think, you know, uh, I was having a good conversation today talking about the sneaky size of this class. But when you can get somebody at 6'3", 215, or whatever he ends up weighing in as, a great contested catch guy. I think he's fairly athletic for his size, has fairly good speed for his size. If he's going in the fourth round of fantasy drafts, I think he is just going to be an absolute smash value. Well, since everyone wants to give two names, I might as well. (laughs) <laughs> um, a guy that I just really like is Kelvin Austin, the third. Yeah, like, I, I really like him. I think he's going to make people look silly at the senior bowl. Like when we see all those clips about 
you know, cornerbacks not knowing which way to turn. Calvin Austin is probably the wide receiver doing it. Like he's Fair. just incredibly athletic, and I feel like he's going to tear it up at the at the uh, Senior Bowl. A guy that I feel like, you know, Shane mentioned that sneaky day two wide receiver. Hard telling me it's not going to be Eric Azukama, Azukama from Texas Tech. Like big, crazy athletic. Like some team's going to fall in love, right? Like it, it won't surprise me if he gets you know, late round two or round three capital just because of how crazy athletic he is. Um, and he's going to fit in almost every team. That's the fun part is his skill set is going to fit into every single NFL team. Um, it, it's just going to be dependent on that on that depth chart when he's going to play. But that's a guy I really, really like. But Shane, let's get into our history minute so you can teach Matt and I something about history. So Kane, I want you to picture this. Okay. It's, thir- it's 1374. Oh, yeah, I know that year. You're walking down the street in a chain Germany into a small town. <laughs> and in the town square, you see all these people and they're twitching and they're dancing. Many of them children, most of them girls. They aren't happy. They can't stop dancing. And a lot of them keep dancing until they pass out or die. How would you feel? Not great. <laughs> uh, real, real thing that happened. Um, and the people of, of this town, and actually not just in this town in Germany, but actually spread throughout the late 14th century to all the way down to Italy, throughout Europe. Um, this, what was believed to be a dancing curse brought on by St. Vitus. And so people prayed to him. Some people got better after they danced for so long. They couldn't stop it. Um, and eventually they could. And like, no one knew why people, their bodies just started moving and dancing without them trying. Um, and so this is kind of one of those like conspiracy, like what, what happened? And we really didn't have any kind of documentation of this. There's not like a firm, hey, we know. Um, most people, the most likely cause is it was a, a big time for rheumatic fever, uh, which causes um, Korea minor, which is a neurological disorder, basically messes with your basal ganglia and um, you start muscle spasming and moving involuntarily and cannot stop until your body is literally exhausted. And so everyone looked like they were dancing in this town. No one knew why. uh, And people died and it was weird. What? I, I thought you'd like that one. Like you were saying that, and like my my mind was like, is it like some rare form of like botulism or something? <laughs> maybe, maybe it could be. Like that's wild. Like that is legit wild to me. That's that's one of that's one of my favorite like weird. Uh, now I got to go down a conspiracy See, rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. Like, why are these people dancing? You know, every conspiracy rabbit hole for me ends up the exact same way. I always end up on Denver Airport. <laughs> underneath that thing why are Every, there people dancing there it doesn't matter where the conspiracy theory starts i always end up at denver airport i don't know like why or what that you know my draw to the denver airport is um but that's always where it ends up but thank you for giving me a new thing to research um but let's dive into our buy sells and unknown stocks real quick we have to talk about them before we get out of here shane what do you got uh, my buy, I tweeted about this, is Spencer Rattler, quarterback for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Um, 
I know he's still going like pretty high, so I might wait a little bit. But they are building uh, a team there uh, in South Carolina. They got Antoine Wells, who's a very exciting uh, receiver from James Madison. Josh Van came back. They have two legitimate draftable tight ends next year. Um, like this offense for South Carolina, if their offensive line holds up, is going to be really good. And Spencer Rattler could rehabilitate his stock. Uh, I think he's probably a better value than a DJU right now. Like a guy that you can get a quarterback um, cheap, a lot cheaper than he was last year. So he's a buy for me. I might sell who I love, but I think I'm selling Brock Bowers. I think the hype might get a little out of control. Like I'll sell him for Michael Mayer plus, right? Like give me Michael Mayer a little sooner. I think people are starting to buy into the Bowers hype. Mayer's bigger. I think he's more of an NFL guy. So that's my sell. I like them both. But my unknown is um, JoJo Earl, receiver for Alabama. We had all those injuries, and I really expected to see a lot more of him, and we did not, right? Aguia Hall, Corey Brooks were out there. Slade Bolden, um, Treshawn Holden was out there. Not JoJo Earl. Um, and I, I watched the of the national championship every year. I love it. The coaches film. So they had the whole Texas A&M staff watching the national championship, just like talking, right. Of as they were breaking down film and like every 10 minutes, someone would be like, where's Jojo Earl? <laughs> like, where is he? Like, why are they not using him? And that that's concerning to me, but I still think he's talented. I still think he could get the most playing time next year. We'll see what happens. Matt, how about you? Uh, right now, I think and this is maybe a little bit of my Tennessee bias coming out, but I love Isaiah Nayer to Tennessee. High-volume offense. He was extremely explosive, dominated the market there at Wyoming. And I think they're going to have him plug and play. I mean, they're really losing a ton of production in Bayless Jones. They uh, managed to get Cedric Tillman back, but I think he's a huge buy right now. Uh, and he's got the size uh, to project to the NFL as well. So I think with high production at Tennessee, he could be a one- or two-year guy. I think he has three years of eligibility. I think he's a buy right now. Um, one of my sells, I, he's a guy that I have really high, I think higher than most right now. I really like the freshman year out of Mario Williams, but if, if I'm correct, he's still being rumored as a USC transfer, and that's just way too deep of a, of a depth chart. So I don't like the, the wait time. I might have to put in with Mario Williams. So I hope he doesn't end up at USC, but it would obviously make sense. Do you have an unknown stock for us? Uh, you, Kane. You are my unknown stock. I and get that. Uh, high character guy, scrappy, but we're not sure about the testing numbers. Certainly not a gym rat. <laughs> <laughs> starting to be, starting to be. Starting to be a gym rat. You know, I've been working on that treadmill. Yeah, and, and I, I have I, my scouts out. I'll I'll have my front office there tomorrow to watch you on the treadmill, <laughs> and we'll see how things are going. I also found out it's not a treadmill; it's a treadmill. <laughs> which I was feel very pleased? unhappy with. Very sad. Yeah, yeah. My wife's like, "Let's get a treadmill," and I'm like, "That's great." It arrives. There's no food anywhere. It's like this <laughs> is crap. Is this? Um, but my buy is Jalen McMillan. Um, I think he's just too cheap for where he is at this moment. Um, I think everything happen happening at Washington is stock up for, for Jalen McMillan for me. Um, a guy that I'm selling, um, ooh, I'm probably selling Devin Neal. I think Devin Neal is at this point where like he's rising up to be like 
a serious 2024 running back and he's not for me. Um, I, I just don't see him separating himself from, from the top tier talent we have at 2024. Um, and you always have to assume that each year there's going to be one or two running backs that come to life in each class. Um, so it's going to be hard for him to continue to be that guy. Um, someone I'm just not quite sure what to do with. Um, right now, that's that's Mechie for me, John Mechie. Uh-huh. I, I I like John Mechie, and he was probably around wide receiver like 10 to 12 for me in this class. And then the injury happens, and is he still going to be in the NFL draft? I thought he seemed like a lock for top 100 capital. Not sexy 100 capital, but like still draftable in that spot and with that injury i'm just not quite sure what to do with him at this point i think it hurts him so badly i think he almost ends up going back to school at this point um so not really sure what to do with him there um but matt we just want to thank you so much for hopping on the show with us um feel free to take this time to uh plug the rookie big board plug everything that you're doing at at the uh, draft bible yeah man uh listen it's big board time of the year if you want to get access to my full rookie rankings i'm at 55 evaluations i think in this year's class Uh, i have the full rankings it's uh patreon.com slash the ff educator you get access to the full rookie rankings we have a discord channel uh which is really awesome and fantastic dynasty rankings Debbie rankings all that good stuff just three bucks a month at patreon.com slash the ff educator and then you could also check out rookie big board on youtube uh, and in podcast version, uh, we're doing our Senior Bowl preview series right now, and then it is Rookie Profile Series, which is always the most popular time of the year. So however you want to check it out, I would appreciate it. Perfect. Thank you so much for hopping on the show. We really, really appreciate it. But that is it for our Rookie Breakdowns. Make sure that if you're looking for this Rookie ADP and where to find it, and you don't want to be paying some website for ADP, uh, just slide on over to the Discord. It's completely free. It's a community that, that we're building. Um, you know, the community is the one doing these mock drafts. Uh, so you can be part of these mock drafts, and we're just going to crowdsource as many of these mocks as we can, especially as we get closer to the uh, rookie draft season, and really compare kind of guys that have moved up from when we do these to maybe after the combine, after the NFL draft, and really see those risers and kind of how we can identify guys that are going to rise in all those processes. So make sure you check that out. The link will be wherever you listen to the podcast. Make sure you click that link. It's free to join the Discord. But that is it for us here at Devi Marketplace. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate every single one of you.